Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. To thank is such a basic part of our communication, isn't it? We often say thank you without even realizing it. We train our kids, we raise our kids to say thank you often as one of the first phrases we try to teach them, whether or not they always mean it, right? And I know that in preparation for tomorrow, a lot of you have been thinking in terms of recipes all day long. So let's look at what is the recipe for proper thanks. What components do you need to have there to feel true, authentic, proper thankfulness? Because it's really hard to fake, isn't it? You can't fake being thankful. You can say it, but you can't cause yourself to feel thankful. Because that's what thanks are, really, aren't they? Thankfulness is an emotional reaction. You can't be thankful in a vacuum. You are thankful in response to something you see. And there's two ingredients to what happens to you that have to be there in order for your thanks to be authentic and proper. First of all, it's got to be something that you wanted to happen or wanted to receive or need. If you are really low on socks, you are wearing holes through them, and someone gives you socks this Christmas coming up, you will be thankful because that fills a need that you have. If you already have tons of socks, your house is exploding with socks, and they give you some more, you're probably not feeling super thankful, right? So what you are given or what is done for you has to be something that you wanted to have happen or you need. But the second thing is almost just as important, almost just as important as what somebody does for us to make us thankful is why they did it. Nothing will kill your thankfulness faster than finding out that someone was only nice to you because they had to be. Or they only gave you something because they want you to give them something back in return. Nothing will kill your thankfulness faster than being commanded to be thankful, right? So just as important as what we receive, what it is that we are getting, filling a need, filling a want, it's the reasons behind what we're getting or the reasons behind the deed that we're thankful for. They have to be reasons that we find admirable or that we appreciate don't they? In the gospel lesson for Thanksgiving worship, we are introduced to a man named Zacchaeus. And it's unclear how aware of Zacchaeus' own needs he is. According to him, or as, as the gospel seems, he, he needs to see Jesus. He really wants to see this guy, to put a, a name to a face. And that's probably as far as he got. But what Zacchaeus finds when he meets Jesus, he finds out that he was in a much, much deeper need than he even realized. And so do we. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, he needed to see Jesus, but he couldn't. He couldn't see Jesus. And I'm not sharing any theological insight when I say that. He was physically unable to see Jesus because he was so short. And my short brothers and sisters will completely understand the position that Zacchaeus was in, right? Somebody taller than you steps in your way when you're trying to see something, you're at a concert or a sports game or whatever, and now you can't see anymore. 
and you got to move. you got to find a different place to sit. Zacchaeus, thinking quickly, he's obviously probably pretty young because he's pretty nimble. He runs to a sycamore fig tree and hops up on it so that he can look at Jesus. Jesus sees him. He says, Zacchaeus, come on, get down from there. I must stay in your house today. Must. I have to. It's a necessity for me, Jesus says. And Zacchaeus is glad to have him over. But the crowd watching this happen, they're disgusted. Why? What makes them feel so sour, so disgusted? To watch Jesus invite himself over to Zacchaeus' house. It's because of the kind of person Zacchaeus was. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Which means that he, he, as a Jewish person, was hired by the oppressive Roman government to collect taxes from other Jews and pay the government that was oppressing them. The way the system was set up, the Roman government didn't care if he took way more money than was due to them. They only cared if they got their taxes. That's how Zacchaeus got so rich, was by taking over the top, was by taking money that wasn't his. Extortion, you might call it. So as far as Zacchaeus' needs go, financially, he's pretty set. He doesn't have many financial needs, but spiritually, everyone could see that he was in desperation. His lifestyle paid homage to the fact that he had gotten rich taking from his brothers and sisters. Nothing was worse in their eyes. The problem was, the people in that crowd that day thought that when they pointed out that Zacchaeus was a sinner, that they were putting him in a class that they themselves did not belong to. No scripture teaches what our own experience confirms, that we are all by nature sinful. From the very first moment that we exist, sin so infects who we are, causing us to be dead in our transgressions and sins, enemies of God by nature. It's just that Zacchaeus had gotten pretty good at something. To have such a long career as a chief tax collector, he had to have gotten pretty good at negotiating, not just with the people he was taking taxes from, but with his own conscience. Zacchaeus had to find a way to push down that voice in his conscience that was accusing him of the obvious wrongdoing he was doing. He had to have found a way to justify what he was doing to himself, to come up with excuses. And the reason I can say that so confidently is because that's exactly what I do. That's exactly what we do. No one knows better reasons for why we did what we did than we do. In our own eyes, we have the perfect explanation for why we sin. It's just that if, if we're standing here and a tax collector, someone we think is worse than we are, is over there, we are so quick to point out how wicked they are. What does Zacchaeus find when he actually meets Jesus? What do you find when you see Jesus there on the road to Jericho? You see living proof that you are hopeless. 
living proof that you are lost in your sin, living proof that you need a Savior. If Zacchaeus was good to go and he had no problems of his own, that if he was on the, the straight road to heaven on his own, there would have been no need for Jesus to talk to him at all. If you and I were totally fine and there was nothing wrong with our hearts, then Jesus wouldn't have, wouldn't have needed to exist and be there in the first place. The very presence of Jesus on planet Earth at this moment in history speaks to our desperate need for a Savior, but it also speaks volumes about the kind of Savior that we have. The fact that Jesus is standing there that day, the fact that he was born and placed in a manger as we'll celebrate next month, the fact that Jesus is walking that road to Jericho and later to Jerusalem, to be crucified speaks to how far Jesus is willing to go to save the hopeless like you and me. Yes, brothers and sisters, we can throw aside all our self-justification, all our excuses for the sins that we commit, and recognize in the face of Christ that we are hopeless on our own because in the face of Christ we have our one and only hope of salvation. No matter how much you have sinned, no matter what it is you have done, if you are a sinner, you are exactly the kind of person Jesus came to save. You are exactly the person Jesus went to the cross to bleed and suffer and die for. You are exactly the person Jesus was raised from the dead to guarantee entrance into heaven upon your death. Because of what he says at the end of the lesson, the Son of Man came to seek and to save not the Hall of Fame of saints, not the people who have all their stuff together, not the people who don't have anything wrong with them. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, the hopeless, the downtrodden, the weak, me, you, Zacchaeus. That's what happened that day. That's what happened to Zacchaeus. His life was changed by the gospel. In one way or another, Jesus caused him to come face to face with his own sin, with the punishment that he deserved, but Jesus didn't stop there. He did what he does for you and, and me through the word. Every time we are confronted with our sin, he brings us the soothing message of his full and free salvation. The gospel has changed your life. Zacchaeus's story is your story. Jesus, just like he invited himself into Zacchaeus's home, Jesus has invited himself into your heart through faith in the gospel. Do you know how to say Thanksgiving Day in Spanish? El día de acción de gracias, which you might directly translate, day of thankful action, which personally I kind of like better than Thanksgiving. It's important to give thanks with your words. We've done it in the service. We will continue to do it in the service. It's important to give thanks to God for all the blessings that he has given us, and I hope you have time to do that tomorrow in your festivities and all that you have going on. But what happened to Zacchaeus on that day? After his life was changed, after the light bulb went off in his head and the fire was ignited in his heart to understand that he is a sinner saved by grace, it was his own 
Día de Acción de Gracias. Because ignited by the joy and love of the gospel, what did Zacchaeus do? He looked for the most obvious and logical opportunity to show love, to respond to the gospel with action. It was his day of thankful actions. He had taken money that wasn't his. He had extorted his brothers and sisters. So what did he do? He returned the money. But his heart was so overflowing with joy and love in the gospel that he didn't just do that. He went four times the amount that was taken. Now we have to pause here, brothers and sisters, and recognize that there's an opportunity to get things mixed up, isn't there? Zacchaeus was saved and brought to the gospel first, and his thankful actions flowed as a result of it. Jesus did not save Zacchaeus' soul so that he could do a bunch of thankful actions. Jesus did not die on the cross to forgive your sins so that you would owe him one. No, that would take away our thankfulness right away, wouldn't it? But in Jesus, all the ingredients for thankful feelings are there. He has done something for us that we so desperately need. He has fulfilled for us the greatest need that we have, the need for salvation. And he did it for the most admirable of reasons. Jesus has saved you, not because of anything you have done, but because of his rich mercy and grace. And so the ingredients for thankful actions are all there. So you are free, brothers and sisters, free to be like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus looked for the most obvious, logical place in his life to act thankfully. How about you? What's the most obvious thing for you to do in response to the gospel? Is there someone whom you've wronged to whom you should humble yourself and apologize? Is there someone who's wronged you whom you have this beautiful opportunity to preach the gospel by forgiving them? Is there a tough conversation you have been putting off because it'll be hard, but you know that it will be loving and will benefit the person you'll talk to? Is there something you've been thinking about doing, a change you've been thinking about making to make more room for God in your schedule? Brothers and sisters, what will be your thankful action? Traditionally in the church, we call these the fruits of repentance. The signs that repentance has happened in your heart, that you have been convicted of your sin but brought to faith in the gospel. You have been brought to faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's natural that that will cause your life to change. But don't live life at such a fast pace that you can't see the obvious opportunities in front of you to live out those thankful actions. For many of you, tomorrow is going to be extremely busy. Don't let it get too busy that you don't even have a second to pause and say thank you to God from whom all good things come. To say a prayer, whether with your family or by yourself. To thank God for changing your life through the gospel. Don't forget to look for those obvious and very logical opportunities to give God our thankful actions, to give him thanks for a changed life. 
Amen.